And uh, so with the Lord's help, I'm going to preach out of Jeremiah chapter 4 and verse number 3 on this thought, break up your fallow ground. Break up your fallow ground. The Bible said in Jeremiah chapter number 4 and verse number 3, if you're there, say amen. amen. The Bible said, For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground and sow not among thorns. Break up your fallow ground and sow not among thorns. Please pray with me and pray for me here tonight. Lord, we love you. God, I, I feel so humbled, Lord, to be in this place where you have been, God, in such a powerful and an evident Lord, in a, in a holy way. God, we thank You, Lord, for the Spirit of God that showed up in this place every single night. God, You moved in this church time and time and time and time again. And Lord, I'm desperate tonight to see You do it again. Lord, please show up one more time and touch me, God. And Lord, help me to say what You want me to say. And God, help me to preach, Lord, in the power of God. Oh, Lord, I am so humble before you tonight. I'm asking, Lord, for your help and your touch and your unction, Lord. I'm asking that you put your hand on me, Lord, and move, God, in my heart and in this message, Lord. Move, God, in my motives. Help me, Lord, to be out of your way. God, that you can speak freely through me, God, despite me, in spite and inside of me, Lord, that you would be magnified and glorified and your word would go forth. Please, Lord, help us for a little while and we'll be careful to thank you in Jesus' name and for his sake. And all the Lord's people said, amen and amen. You could be seated tonight. Break up your fallow ground. I want to give you a little background as to what we're reading here in the book of Jeremiah. The, the great prophet Jeremiah has begun to deal with Jerusalem and Judah and the children of Israel. And he has a twofold message concerning, now get this, the will of God for their lives. Uh, can I say, and we'll go back here in just a little bit, but can I say in chapter number 3, uh, the great prophet, the preacher, the man of God, Jeremiah begins to tell Jerusalem and Judah and those tribes therein what the will of God is for their life. But tonight I want you to understand something. Uh, my friend, the will of God and the Word of God will never contradict one another. Uh, my friend, I have met so many people along this journey that God has placed me in uh, that claim the will of God for their life but that will does not match the word and, and can I say tonight it does not matter what you try uh, to say or do you cannot reason yourself uh, out of the word of God you cannot excuse yourself uh, uh, from the words of the Lord and be in the will of God there's just no way uh, my friend that you can go contrary to the word of God and be in the will of 
God. And so Jeremiah has begun to tell them what the will of God is for their life according to the Word of God. When looking at our text in Jeremiah chapter number 4, it would seem that the first two verses of the chapter might have been better joined up to the previous chapter, the foregoing chapter, for they are directed straight to Israel and at those ten tribes and by way of reply to their compliance with God's call and His will and the order that He has placed upon their lives directing and encouraging them to hold to their commitment and hold to their resolution if you read it there in Jeremiah chapter 4 look with me in verse number 1 Jeremiah writing said if thou wilt return O Israel saith the Lord return unto me and if thou wilt put away thine abominations out of my sight then then not before that but right then shalt thou shalt Remove, look at verse 2. And thou shalt swear that the Lord liveth in truth, amen, in judgment and in righteousness, and the nation shall bless themselves where and how? in him and in him shall they glory you know what Jeremiah said he said Israel if you're ever going to see the light the end of the tunnel if you're ever going to have true fellowship communion with God he said in verse 1 of chapter 4 if if that's a big word are you listening tonight if thou will return if you will do what the word of God says to do then you can be in the will of God. But you cannot claim the will of God and go contrary to the word of God if thou wilt return. You know what God's recipe for revival has always been in the church and in the world of life? One word, repentance. You know what repentance means? It means to turn away from sin and return to the Savior. Jeremiah the prophet said, hey, Israel, ten tribes, Jerusalem and Judah if you'll do what the Lord has said to do you can return unto the Lord may I say there's only one road that leads to him it does not matter how many times you appear or attempt to do something else if you want to be in the will of God you must heed and live according to the word of God That's the only way there is to be in His will. And so the Lord has brought our attention here because we have heard probably one of the greatest series of messages on the will of God that you'll ever hear. There's a whole lot bigger churches and and I I wouldn't say better churches because I think this is the best one, but to, to the eyes of others, better churches. There's a whole lot bigger name preachers and definitely better preachers than what you got. But I'm going to tell you something tonight. One thing we have and we've always stood on and it's all we need is the Word of God. 
I'm going to tell you something. We have heard some of the greatest preaching you'll ever hear up from Sunday night, from Sunday morning uh, through Wednesday night on the will of God. But here's my question. Uh, what kind of soil has the seed fallen on? Uh, listen, I understand. I preach more evangelistic in other places, but my obligation and my and my call here is to pastor the flock of God. By the way, I've got two orders. I've done had to say it this week uh, to somebody. I've been told two things to do concerning the flock. Number one, God's called me to feed the flock. And number two, God's called me to fight for the flock. Uh, when David was sitting out there and here come that lion, what'd he do? He went out and cut the head off that lion. And then here, here come a bear. what old David do? He killed the bear. And then he got out and there was an uncircumcised Philistine giant out there cursing God and his people and that's the flock of God what David do? He cut his blessed head off and he took it to Calvary and buried it. Amen. My friend, there's one job for me to do tonight and that's to feed the flock and fight for the flock that God has given me. But I can do everything right. The preachers that come through here can do everything right. The seed, would you not agree? We're sowing the right seed. I'm going to show you directly that the seed is the Word of God. Amen. I'll show it to you. says it plainly. We've got the right seed, but let me tell you something. You can go out to, out to town and buy the best of the best concerning the seed. But if you are not prepared... When it comes to your soul, that seed means nothing. Now, now listen to me. I'm not ever going to say this word means nothing. This word shall not return void no matter how you look at it. Uh, even if the seed don't take root, the seed still has taken root in your heart and maybe it'll resurface somewhere down the road. But I'm here to tell you something. If your soil is not correct and it is not right and it is not prepared, the seed cannot produce fruit in bad soul. That's why Jeremiah tells him in verse number 3, break up your fallow ground. They're called to repent and to reform in verse number 3 and 4. When God called to backsliding Israel to return, here's what He said. Go with me to chapter 3 quickly. Look in chapter number 3 if you would uh, real quickly. The Bible said in verse number 1, uh, the Bible said in verse number 1 As a voice was heard upon the high places Weeping and supplications of the children of Israel For they have perverted their way And they have forgotten the Lord their God Return ye backsliding children And I will heal your backslidings Behold we will come unto thee For thou art the Lord our God Truly in vain is salvation hoped for from the hills And from from the multitude of the mountains. Truly in the Lord our God is the salvation of Israel. For shame hath devoured uh, at the labor of our fathers from our youth. Their flocks, their herds, their sons, their daughters. We lie down in our shame. We And, and our confusion covereth us. For we have sinned against the Lord our God. Uh, we and our fathers from our youth 
even unto this day and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God. In other words, you know what they have rejected to allow in their lives the seed. It said we have not obeyed the voice. Hey, it's been said already a hundred times. But I'm going to say it again. You want to hear his voice? Right here is how you hear the voice of God. Everything God wanted you and me to know about him. God was recorded in the word of the Lord. Somebody help me tonight. I'm telling you the seed is still going forth. The seed's lost no power. It's still pure from beginning to end. It's still preserved from beginning to end. It's still penetrating from beginning to end. It's still powerful from beginning to end. It's still potent from beginning to end. It's still the word of God. The problem's not in the seed, it's in the soul. It's in the soul. You can sit under the greatest preaching ever been known to man, but if your heart's not right to receive the word of God, literally, it will do you personally on a personal level no good. I mean, we have been, you know what preaching is, don't you? It's God speaking through man, saying to you what he wants and needs you to hear. Yeah. Why did I make this statement? Some of y'all wasn't here. Uh, 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 I think it was last Wednesday or so. And I preached. And boy, I, I mean, I, I hit about everything that wiggled. And one of the things I got on was getting up and moving and going in and out 5,000 times during the preaching. Why would a preacher say something like that? I've been accused of saying things like that because it's all about me. Uh, but here's what I'm going to say publicly about that. Liars go to hell. Somebody say amen. Amen. It's not all about me. It's all about Him. And this is His Word. And we ought to reverence His Word. Hey, I can give flip less what you think about me, my friend, but I've been called by Him, so you ought to fear that. And I've been commissioned by Him. You ought to fear that. And I've been, hey, I ain't going to lie about it. I've been optionized by Him. And y'all, hey, you ought to respect that. But more importantly than any of that, this is God's Word. And you need to hear it when it's preached under your heart. Your soul, your heart, the condition of how you receive what God is sowing into you will dictate whether that word really is changing in your life. Not that the word of God's not life changing, but God, just like in salvation, anything else, He gives us a choice. He is not going to concrete your, your rear end to the pew and, and tie your ears up forward and, and blank everything else out of your mind so you can. He's not going to do all that. You've got a choice. And listen to me. Hey, I'm feeling good now. Listen to me. Every single person in the building tonight will stand before God over every word that's been preached to him or preached to her and what they've done with it. That's your business. That's your business. I've been called, commissioned. I've been touched and anointed. That's in your Bible. Hello? I've been anointed. That's what John said. I've been anointed to preach the gospel. Paul said, I've been anointing to preach the gospel. Jesus said, I've been anointed to preach the gospel to set the captives free. And uh, my friend, that's the same call God has put on me and these other men. It's a call of God to sow the seed. But hear me and hear me well. 
everybody wants to point the finger at the seed sower. It ain't my fault. It ain't God's fault. It ain't the seed's fault. It's your fault. If God can preach to you the way he does and you never grow, nothing ever changes. It's not the problem's not in the pulpit. The problem's not in the word of God. The problem's in your own heart tonight. It's in your heart. Heart is wicked, desperately wicked. The Bible said, who can know it? Very, very wicked heart we've been given. Worst advice you can ever give your kids is follow your heart. Their heart will lead them to Sodom. Are you listening? Their heart will lead them to Moab. Their heart will lead them to Tarshish. Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? Huh? Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? Moab was where uh, where Naomi and her sons went, and they left the house of bread and go down uh, to Moab. The Moabites and uh, her two sons took unto themselves Moabite uh, Moabites women as wives. And what happened? Both the sons and her husband died, and Naomi got word, uh, my friend, that the famine was over in the house of Judah, in the house of bread uh, down in Bethlehem, Judah, and so she went back with two of her daughters. Laws. Uh, one of them made the journey named Ruth. The other one turned back and went back home. Uh, you know what she heard? Uh, the house of bread, the bread of life that uh, uh, was still getting the job done. She had to leave at the direction that her husband's heart led him and go home to the word of God. Jonah had a word from the Lord. How did he get out of the will of God? Would you agree it was not the will of God for Jonah? To be on a ship headed to Tarshish. By the way, Brother Bud said it. I preached it ever since God called me. Every step Jonah made was down. He went down into the ship. He went down into the sea. He went down into Tarshish. He went down into the belly of the well. Then the well went down into the sea of sin. Are you listening tonight? I'm telling you, it all started with the word of God falling on deaf ears. If he had been obedient to the word, he would have found himself in God's will. But he had to get eaten by a well because he disobeyed the word of God. And he missed his will. This is self-explanatory, but this is pastoral. What are you going to do with the word? That's not just been preached to you this week, but that's preached to you every week. I'm going to say something. I don't say it arrogantly. God knows my heart. So if you take it that way, it's between you and Him. But this ain't nothing new. Yeah, that's right. Amen. You get Bible, preach it. Every single week. Amen. And most people would take that and say, well, look, and he thinks he... No, I'm not, I just know what I do. Yeah, man. I preach the Bible. Man. I just know what I do. It's not that I... It's, it's, it's not to me. It's just what I do. Man. So what do we do with what I do? Man. What are we going to do with what's been done? What are you going to do with what God does when He does it down the road? I mean, the doing's always the same from God. It's what you do with the Word that will affect whether or not you're in His will. Man. The two whole hands, they go together. The will of God and the word of God are inseparable. They never are contrary one to another. God directs them in how to pursue and restore relationship with Him. He said in verse number 1 of chapter 4, If thou wilt return. 
You know the first step to getting the ground, the fallow ground ready? It's returning to the Lord. You say, I'm in church. That don't mean you're close to God. Amen. And I say, I, I, go, I go in places all the time. It don't mean I'm one of them. You can walk through a garage. It don't make you a mechanic. Help somebody. I mean, you, you, you can, hey, you, you can walk through, you can walk, I've walked around on a golf course and under God, I'm no golfer. It don't work that way. Just because you sit on a pew don't make you a good, tidy, that clean, holy Christian. Hey, and I'm not mad. This is what the church is for. It's not a, old timers used to say, it's not a, a hotel for saints. It's a hospital for sinners. And I agree with that. But them same sinners after they get saved become saints. It's not a hotel where we kick back. But it's a harvesting ground. It's where the seed is sown and sown and sown and sown and sown. And, sown. and what what you do with the seed is up to you. It's up to you. Listen to me. God's given them a choice. If. If thou wilt return. Can I tell you that prodigal son did not have to go to the far country. He had a choice. Once he got there and seen what it was, he didn't have to stay. But he made a choice. And then he lost everything. Started walking around with a bunch of swine. Brother Seth, he did not have to spend one night in the slot pit. He had a choice. He knew his decisions came with consequences. And the first night he rolled over and snuggled a big sow. He said, hey, he had a choice. He couldn't. I mean, we would think, well, who in the world would wallow around with a bunch of pigs and slop and nasty filth? I mean, he could have got up and went home, but he made a choice. He had broke the Father's heart because he broke the Father's will and he disobeyed the Father's word. But thank God he came to himself. And when you come to yourself, how to get restored? He had to return. God said, if thou wilt return. If thou wilt return. You've got a choice tonight. You say, well, all this good preaching that we've heard, it really ain't done in me what it should have, I don't think. That's on you. So I'm going to ask you, you going to lay down there and eat corn cobs or you going to get up and come to the marriage supper of the Lamb and sit around the bread of life and... Hey, it just takes a crime, glory to God. Hey, I love what that old what that old lady woman said to Jesus when she came and, and she said, I need something, Lord, would you would you help me out? He said, Hey, it's not meat for the master to take the bread of God's children and throw it to the dogs. And she said, Yea, Lord, I agree. Amen. And she said, But if the dog could lay under the table at the master's feet. And just get a crumb. Hey, we've got a whole lot more crumbs this week. But I'm going to tell you something. Just a crumb will do you when it falls from the master's table. It's what you do with the seed. It's what you do with the seed. You all know why? I, I, I probably ain't going to get through all this tonight. We should probably have to come back Sunday probably. You don't know why you can sit in a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church and it don't stir you. I'm going to tell you why. 
Same reason you can go to Texas Roadhouse. And they bring out them rolls and butter. And you can get you a house salad and a baked potato loaded. I'm about to speak in tongues already. Thank you. Yeah. Come on! I ain't nothing but cereal and frozen pizza today. I'm starving to death with that. Listen, you can sit down and you can order that ribeye and you can get it cooked medium or medium rare if they know how to do it. Yeah. Brother Chris got me on the medium rare kick and if places know how to eat me or cook medium rare, it's the best thing in the world. But I've only found about two places in America that knows how to cook it right. right. The other ones, I, I, I feel the heart pulse is still in the state, you know. <laughs> but you want to know why you can go there? You can cut into that and say, mm, bro, that's good. Come on. You need all that. Then the next time you go back, you order the same thing. Okay. Say, so, hmm, that's good as last time. Yeah. And about the fifth or sixth trip, you're sending all your stuff back to the kitchen. Ain't none of this worth a flip. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. yeah. I need all this for you. Now, this ain't no words. Y'all got a new cook or something. Something's off. Something ain't right. This ain't good. But you, let's say you're at the red light there at the end of London on that intersection. You see a homeless man. He's standing on the side of the road wearing raggedy clothes. Look like he ain't bathed in a month or two. You say, hey, buddy, we're fixing to go get dinner over here at the steakhouse. You want to go? He gets in, you take him, you get the same meal you always get, and he duplicates it. Yeah. And you cut into that steak, you take a bite and say, man, that just ain't, Come on. it ain't what it used to be. But to him, when he eats it, he says, my God, that's the best thing I ever eat in my life. Yeah. You don't know the difference, it's not the difference in the seed or the difference in the meat, if you will, it's the appetite of who's eating it. If you eat a steak from Texas Roadhouse once every week, it's going to lose its value and its flavor to you because you're going to get accustomed to it and you're going to get used to it. But you bring somebody in from that world that's starting to death, ain't never had nothing good for the master's table, I can preach on the three little bears and shout and they'd say it's the best thing they ever heard. It's not that the seed was any different when it was given to them and you. It's their appetite. You take it for granted. Yeah. I'm just telling you, I know. You'll take it for granted. You don't know why people leave this church and they'll be gone six months a year and they come back? Because like nothing tastes right out there. This ain't my doing, this is God's doing. That's right. It don't hold it. Listen, if it's all hinged on me, y'all pay, y'all pack up and go somewhere else. Yeah. Because right. I'm just a mortal man. That's right. Ain't got a thing in the world to do with me. Oh, why this church is what it is? Because that's all we've talked about ever since we opened the doors. Yeah. It ain't become about a man today, but contrary, I'm I'm hung up a little bit tonight. Just, oh. you just forgive me. Contrary to what people say, and I know they'll listen. Help me somebody. The ones that are out there right now treading my name and this church's name through the mud will go and listen to this podcast because they can't get fed in all these other little churches oh, after that. I know it to be so. I'm not preaching arrogantly. That's to be so. That's, that's truth. They run as 
down, but for some reason, when we all go home, they kick in the back door and dig through the dumpster and try to find a little crumb or two from the meat that you've been fed because they can't find it nowhere else like that. It's what they do. I know it's what they do. Anyhow, that was free. Break up your fallow ground. What did God tell his preacher to tell them? If thou wilt return. In other words, you cannot return to your sin. You've got to change course and return to God. Listen to me. Are you all listening? I know you've heard a lot of preaching. But I want you to keep hearing a lot of preaching. Till the Lord comes, we want a lot of preaching. This is only is going to be as good and valuable as the appetite that you have for it. What is the problem? We've looked at it as a type of meat. It is. It's a type of milk in the Bible. If you were here when I said a little something I was preaching on that camel out of Psalms 119. And got talked about how the word of God's like a camel. And a camel, you can look it up. It's all free and available to you on the internet. Camel's milk is the most valuable milk in all the world. And it's one of the most delicacy rated, whatever, I'm too redneck to sell that. Meats in the whole world. Now, I don't want to eat no camel. But I'm not over in the desert. See, I've got, I can can go, I can get me a ribeye at Texas Roadhouse. But they don't have that. Hey man, they got they got camel stew on Tuesday night. You with me? Their appetite. How's your appetite for the Word of God? I got up and made a very very bold statement on Tuesday night that that was the greatest message that's ever been preached here in seven years, and I've had several of you come to me and say, "I don't understand why he said that." You know the problem? Do you want to know the problem? Because I received the same seed you did, but it fell on different ground. Yeah, yeah. You're right. That don't mean you're backsliding out in the world and drinking and drugging. That ain't what it means. It just simply means the soul yes. in my heart has been worked. Come on. I ain't, I ain't a farmer by no means, but I know a little bit about gardening. What little bit I know, that man back there in that wheelchair speaking Copenhagen taught me. You with me? Yes, sir. He had a garden growing up, and I, I, I mean, what little bit I know, he taught me, and Dad taught me. He, he learned from him. Here's what I know that ground has to be worked. That's right. It's not that God's given me some kind of supernatural understanding and He didn't you. It's not the fact. That's not the issue. The issue is, which is your ground really prepared for the seed when God begins to sow it? I'm going to tell you something. It's a something. Listen, you know the first thing that happens when a seed falls on good ground? Something takes place. Yes. Yeah. 
If you was to throw a whole handful of seed out on fallow ground, and there's a lot of definitions, we'll get to them, out on fallow ground that's not been worked, it's not been plowed, it's not been prepared, it's not been fertilized, it's not been watered, it's not been freed from weeds, and it's, are you with me? And you throw that seed, it'll lay there. And probably nine out of ten times will produce absolutely nothing. Same seed on prepared ground. First thing that happens when that seed falls into that deep ground, there's a reaction. Yes, sir. You know why people don't have a reaction to preaching? And you do? I've been questioned. Brother Shelby's asked me this. Different people's asked me this throughout the years. I don't understand why I get such a bust out of that. Everybody else sits there like an iron on log. The difference in the ground. Good ground creates a reaction. That seed will blossom. It'll spring up. It'll root down. And it'll produce that. That's exactly what a Christian does. When the ground's prepared, preaching will mature you. The reason some people can sit under the same preaching and never mature. And you mature and grow and grow and grow and grow. It's not the difference in the soil. It's not the difference in the seed. The difference is in the soil. And you come in prepared. You'll get more rooted in who you are and what you believe. And you'll produce more fruit for Him. And they'll die and wither away. It's all a condition of the heart. What kind of ground do you have? What kind of soil is the seed falling on? Uh, there's so much here. I, there's no way I'm going to get through it all. They, God tells Jeremiah, if they'll return. You see him there in verse number 3. He told them. He said, for thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, break up your fallow ground. Now look what follows it. So not among thorns. Does everybody see that? Does everybody see that? So not among thorns. I want to. I want to jump with you. I'm skipping some of this. Skipping about a lot of it, really. But I want to. I want you to go with me, real quickly. Let's go to the book of Matthew. I, I'm. I'm. I'm just hitting something real quick here, and then we'll try to jump back if we can. But look with me in the book of Matthew. So what did we just read the prophet said? He said, break up your fallow ground and sow not among thorns, correct? All right. Now look in chapter 13 of Matthew. So we're going to look at this. We're going to look at this parable. Concerning the sower and the seed. In verse number 1, the Bible said, The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto Him, so that He went into a ship and sat. The whole multitude stood on the shore, and He spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when He sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside. That's a type of soil. I'm going to show you this. Different types of ground. Jeremiah said, break up your fallow 
These are different types of ground or soil, however you want to say it. And the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth and forwith they sprung up because they had no depthness of earth. Look, everybody that just sprouts up for the glory of God don't mean that we need to put our faith and confidence in them. Because if it falls, we just read on stony places or hard hearts, stony places, it'll blossom real quick, but it don't have no depth. There's nothing to hold it in place. Somebody help me. Isn't it amazing how the same ones that shout and cry and, and make promises and say this and do that and want to run or take the church and just, you know, run 100 mile an hour with it, live for God, where they, where they at? Why is it always those that leave? Well, they have no depth. Stony places. Verse 6, And when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root. Isn't that amazing? When things got a little heated. Come on, somebody. When the preaching got just a tad bit too hot. They gone. They looked good, but they wasn't what they seemed to appear because of the ground. Verse 7, And some fell among what? It's what we just read about. And the thorns sprung up and choked them, but other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit. Some a hundredfold, sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Jump down with me if you would in the same chapter and look at verse number uh, let, 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 let's look at verse number 18. Yeah. If you there say amen. amen. Matthew 13, 18. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, the devil, and catcheth away that which was sown in his what? So where is the soul contained? Where is it at? It's the condition of your heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. Look at verse 20. But he that received the seed into the stony places, that's the heart. The same as he that heareth the word. Uh-oh. He heareth it. Is that enough though? Look at verse 21. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth, because of the what? Word. This is the what? The word is the, starts with an S. C. And it's sown into the heart, which is the soil. Okay. Because of the word or the seed, by and by he is, looky here, what's that next word say? If your heart's not right, you ain't going to get glad about good, hard Bible preaching. You're going to get mad, neighbor. You know what it says about you when your preacher's just trying to tell you and advise you and counsel you and challenge you and live by the word and you get upset? You tell on yourself. The psalmist said, Great peace have they which love thy law, the seed, 
and nothing shall there's 77 flying over half y'all's heads again tonight great peace have they which love thy law the seed the word and nothing shall offend them why are these people offended they don't love the word I love my King James Bible my old King James Bible King James Bible's book for me but every time it cuts you, you run off. Your heart ain't right. Verse 21, he has no root in himself, but dirt for a while. Uh, excuse me. Go down to the bottom part of the verse. He's offended. Look at verse 22. Now right here is where we're at. It's what Jeremiah said. Verse 22. He also that receiveth seed among the what? Is he that heareth the word? Uh-oh. And the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receives seed into good ground, how you gonna get good ground? You gotta break up your fallow ground. There's a hundred definitions for fallow. We'll get to that Sunday. I ain't got time to do it all night. But he that receiveth seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word, look here, and understandeth it. Which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. You know the moral of the whole story tonight. Jeremiah 4, 3. Break up your fallow ground. Can I give you a few definitions and we'll quit? I'm not going to preach nothing else because I, I can't. I don't want to preach too long. Philo, defined in the Webster's 1828, means this. Several different meanings. One definition is land or ground that's unsowed. In this case, that's not what we're dealing with. The sower has sown seed. It means to be unsown, not tilled. Left to rest as fallow ground or a fallow field. It means left unsowed. Look here. Left unsowed after plowing. So, in other words, there's a group that come in the Word of God plows the ground. Y'all heard me make this, this comment. I'm plowing. God's got me plowing. You know what that's doing? That's breaking up. What is the ground, it's what? Starts with a D and ends with earth. And we were formed out of what of the ground. So when plowing is taking place out there, that's what the Word of God does. Now what's on a plow? It's got things that turn. You know what them are? Them are blades. What'd you call them? Time, same difference. But they're made to start with the C and ends with UT. Y'all with me? Yes, sir. It's made to start with C and end with UT. The D that starts with D is dirty. And so, so the plows make the C, UT, the D, I, R, T. It's job, see? So there's one group 
break up your fire ground, here's what happened. They come in and the preacher got on the plow. Yeah. Yeah. And it done its work. What's that word of God? It's a two-edged, starts with S and ends with four. Oh yeah. And the sword, if you start swinging it, it's not to what starts with seeing it. Yeah. yeah. So they come in, you know what happened? Their ground got plowed. Their heart. You know what Rahab said when the two spies come and told her what Joshua told them to tell her? The word of the Lord. You know what, the, you know what Rahab said? When we heard these things, listen now, this is her language. Our hearts did. Does anybody know? That's disappointing. Well, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Their hearts did melt. Rahab said, when we heard the things that the Lord has been doing, when we heard the word of the Lord, our hearts didn't melt. Do you know what happens in one instance? Break up your father ground. They come in the word of God, the sword, the, the plow, the till. It turns the ground, but they never come back. And so... God is not going to sow seed on ground. He, it can't be sown. Listen, if you don't pick nothing up, preachers, especially. We cannot go home and say, well, I've sown the seed. Because that's not left up to us. You know what we can say? I've thrown the seed. I've thrown it. Good. I, I'm guilty as charged. I've thrown the seed, but I can't say for sure if I sowed the seed. Why? Because this is a twofold deal. It's not just on the preacher. It's on those who are out there listening to the preaching. A sower throws the seed, and a thrower throws the seed. It's not the man or the seed that dictates whether the seed was just thrown or sown. It's up to the soil. Has the ground been made prepared? Follow ground. It means to be left unsowed after plowing. So God sometimes will bring people in and plow their heart, break up their fallow ground, but they didn't like that. You know what? Because what does that do? We're made of what? Starts with the ends with earth. And the plow here does what? It turns up the dirt. So it's a picture type, an image of the flesh. You know what real Holy Ghost Bible preaching does? It turns and breaks up and tears down and destroys the flesh of man. People don't like when their flesh gets dealt with. So they don't come back. That's why the seeds never truly sown. Because their ground is fallowed. Fallow ground. It also means this. To be unplowed. Or uncultivated. Different types of pictures. You know what this could be? Two things. This could be a sinner that never goes to church to get plowed. It's hard to get plowed from the reading of the preaching of God's Word if it ain't where when it's preached. 
You want to know why your flesh is so rare and enraging and strong and you can't overcome it? Why are you doing things you know you ought not be doing? Because you your, your ground is fallow. It's not been plowed. It's not been cultivated. It's not been, hey, it's not been churned. Your flesh has not been cut on through the preaching of the Word of God. That's why you cannot see any fruit of God in your life. Because the seed's been thrown a hundred times, but your ground's not prepared. So it's a type of picture of somebody that's a sinner, don't go to church, or it's a type of picture of somebody that comes to a good church and rejects the preaching, or it's a type of picture of somebody who goes to a church where the preacher does no plowing. Can you see all that? This applies in every area. Y'all stay with me. It means this. Land that has lain a year or more untilled or unseeded. Literally, look it up. Webster's 1828. They got an app on the app store. It means land that has been lain a year or more untilled or unseeded. Don't know why some people do not see the fruit. They don't have the fruit bearing in their life. Now listen to me right here. I'm going to say something that's going to throw half of all y'all's theology and your raisin out the window. And I got Bible for it. But listen to me. Well, I just don't know if they're saved. We judge a fruit by the, or a tree by the fruit that it bears. I'm about to mess up your theology. I agree. You can tell an apple tree if it's dropping apples. That's right, man. You tell pear trees it's dropping pears. Right. You tell dead tree it's dried up, withered away. Yep. But not in every instance is somebody who's bearing no fruit mean that they're lost or unsaved. That's right. That's right. It could mean, and I've got Bible studies, that their ground is not fruit bearing. Yeah. Does not always mean their God is not fruit bearing. Their ground may not be fruit bearing. Mm. Let me ask you a question. So I just don't know about that. Okay, so are you telling me as a saved child of God you've always bore fruit? Nope. I'm not. So if your theology is everybody that's not bearing good fruit must not be saved, then you must not be saved. Well, Lord help us. Because we've all been there where the apples of the heaven were not falling from our limbs. Does not mean you're unsaved. It means your soul has been unprepared for fruit bearing. And by the way, hey, look here. Newsflash. We'll give you information that's been established since the Garden of Eden. Not every season is fruit bearing season. You know there's a time that God said He's got to He's got to uh, purge and prune. On the trees that are his. We're all connected to him. He's the vine and we are the branches. But I'm going to tell you something. 
in that Bible I can show you where he purges some of the branches not because they're forgotten or lost or cast out but they're no longer fruit bearing and they're bringing harm to the whole tree a little leaven leaveneth the whole life so God will cut them off the tree so the tree won't die but they're not dead in their salvation they're dead in their fruit bearing Deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh. That wasn't a lost man. It's in your Bible. You know who got delivered unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh? The saved man. He ain't going to bear fruit for me. A little leaven left in the whole life. He's bringing the whole church down. He's all the time correcting everything. Get you a bag of apples and find you a rock one, throw it in and zip tied up. See what happens to the rest of them. Well, now they've got to remove them jokers. Don't mean they're lost. Come on, somebody. I'm as quick as anybody else to jump on that bandwagon. Well, they probably didn't have it. That's not necessarily so. Maybe that they just ain't willing to get their ground prepared for the seed, and they'll bring corruption and harm to the body. So God says, You want to live in your flesh? Devil? How'd you lay? I'll see them in glory. But for now, they're yours. Man, man. That's Bible. That's Bible. Yes, Even don't like preaching like that, but that's Bible. You're right. Talking about breaking up your fallow ground. Yeah. You know what fallow ground is also defined as? Unoccupied or neglected land. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hey, listen to me. If the only time your heart gets dealt with from the Word of God's on Sundays and Wednesdays. Come on. You're neglecting Amen. the soul That's right. that God needs for His seed. Yep. Anybody ever raised a garden? You don't just go work the thing two days out of the week. That's right. And if you choose to do so, that's your business, but you're not going to bear much fruit. You got to go out and plants fall over and stake them up. You got to go through and get the weeds out and keep the birds out. You got to go through and water and you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. You got to do that. It's a constant labor. You know what God has told me and you to do? Break up our fallow ground. Don't get content. Don't get occupied. Don't get so occupied and content that you neglect to maintain the soul that God has given us in our heart for His seed. Hey, just because the preaching helped you last Sunday, don't mean it'll help you this Sunday. If you've not been working the land, it don't take long for the thorns and the cares of this world to choke the word out when it's sown into your life. You've seen what the thorns were, didn't you? Thorns, weeds. Jeremiah 4.3 Break up your fallow ground and sow not among thorns. Know what he's saying? Work the ground. Ain't nobody, brother Seth, goes out and finds a thorn thicket and says, this would be a real place to grow a garden. You're right. That ain't what he's saying. He's saying if you don't break up your fallow ground, if you don't occupy it, if you, if, you, if, you, if you neglect it and you leave it untilled or unsown or you're not working the ground, you're not keeping your heart pliable, that the thorns will begin to grow in that ground that was once good. It'll become corrupt. Yep. Yeah. That's why the first order of business is to break up your fallow ground. Yeah. 
Continuation and is a word of continuation. And so not among the thorns. In other words, if you don't go to your garden before long, that good seed that you've been sowing on that good ground, if it's left neglected, it's going to be choked out. What? And I'm done. What would possess a Christian to forsake maintaining of his heart or his soul? One thing that's listed, and I believe does it in every instance, Brother Chris. What are the thorns? The cares of this world. People get more occupied about the things of this world than they do the things of that world. And they was busy working their working their land, their patch of, of, of seed sowing a week ago, but now bunch of cares in the world's popped up. Yeah. And so they forsook their ground and the next time the preacher comes in and sows the seed, who's that? Shall we turn to Mark chapter 4 and verse 14. Mark 4, 14. What's that say? The what? So who would be the sower tonight? What am I sowing? Word. So I want to give you a verse that I wasn't making this up. Mark 4.14 said, The sower soweth the word. So what I'm doing every week. Yeah. Y'all see them ones you crank? Yeah. And I get cranked up, they see flying everywhere. <laughs> And it ain't my fault. And it ain't his fault. Come on. If the seed gets blown and thrown and sowed, but it never produces fruit in your life. Yeah, in your heart. It's not my fault. It's not that book's fault. It's not God's fault. It's not your neighbor's fault. Looky here, contrary to what some of y'all believe, it ain't your spouse's fault. Amen. I know it's hard. Come on, somebody. Miss Taylor, where'd she go? She done left the church. Oh, she's back here. Was it hard coming? And all that good seed, boy, you knew was so helpful. She was going to it. But your spouse was in La La Land. It's hard, wasn't it? But it paid off. Because somewhere down the line, all that seed that's getting sowed into her, No, here's Knucklehead saying, well, Dad, Barn. I really did think that that Brother Josh was a full-blown retard. <laughs> but he can't be as retarded as I thought he was because my wife sort of looked like she's doing pretty good. My kids are doing good. You with me? Yeah. That's why I kept telling her, quit focusing on that. Focus on him. He'll take care of that. I'm going to give y'all the same advice. Still focusing on the back, focus on him. Don't still focus on him. He'll take care of the back. That's right. All you need to worry about is that seed, the word of God that's being sowed, whether or not it's going to become effective in your life based upon the condition of your heart. 
Break up your fallow ground and sow not among the thorns. I ain't got to no points. I've got plenty of them. But I'm going to stop there for tonight. Brother Chris, you come. Father, we love you. Help us, Lord, to be not only hearers of the word, but doers. Oh, God, I ask you tonight, Lord, that we would take what's been said and what's been sown. And God, that we'd gather in these altars to make sure that the seed fell upon good ground. Bless, help, grow this church and the people in it spiritually, numerically. God, please help us. We cannot help ourselves. All the power lies in you. God, any fruit that will be born will have to be come, will have to come from you. Your seed. I'm just the old plowboy. The old sower. Just going around sowing the seed that you've given us. By the way, Lord, thank you that it's incorruptible seed. It's incorruptible. May we get a burden to receive the Word of God yes. upon good ground. In Jesus' name, every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's stand our feet tonight. If I was you, I'd come ask the Lord to help me. Receive the seed upon good ground. These have came, won't you come?